Uh oh. Oh, watch out! Watch out! Oh! Oh! oh. She got hit oh by one Wow, Zoe, good keep her hanging on. That's some American Ninja Warrior grip you got there. I'm surprised she hasn't fallen yet. Oh, there she is. Oh, it's bigger! Let's go! Post credits. <gasps> I love a post credits scene. Yeah, there he is. Clearing oh my back. God! What the heck? God. A cosplayer with too much time on their hands. Not this one. I never trusted this man. Ooh, did Yo. I see a bit of shifty eye from Cleary? Cleary's not telling us something. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Miss Marvel episode one leaves us blinded by the light, but ah. not the ODC agent Cleary in the post credit scene after interrogating <laughs> Peter Parker and his friends in Spider-Man No Way Home. Why is the DODC back in this series? And why does Agent Cleary hide a look of recognition the first time he see Kamala Khan use her powers what, what is, is going, going on? on? <laughs> We're working on our on our uh, big screamy part at the beginning. I think what is going con is pretty good. That was a what is, that was a pitch by Mr. Brandon Barrick. I think it's a fun. Oh, one, but, what uh, is going con? I dig. I said it what what is, is going, going on con. <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's new Rockstar's after show for Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. I'm Eric Boss. My Easter egg breakdown of this episode, and there were like. 3,000 of them. It's gonna be coming <laughs> later today. Right now, I'm reacting to this first episode with MT. MT, what do you think of this series so far? Bro, like zero cap, like I am enjoying the hell out of this series. I'm a big fan of Scott Pilgrim. Like just the whole aesthetic mm -hmm. of Scott Pilgrim. And like obviously Into the Spider-Verse, who doesn't love it? And we got both the best of both let's smash into one and let's having this super charismatic nerdy character super enthusiastic about marvel heroes like we are it's just like really it's just really cool to see this new like this new different looking marvel mcu hero on the screen um and presented in like a super fun way that we've never seen before like the cinematography of the show is super beautiful yeah. and it's so yeah. clever yeah, the the shot composition's all really cool. The use of light in the show is beautiful. Oh, so the nice. acting is just so fun. Like this getting to know this family, getting to know this girl. Oh, I like love I, her dad know, so much. It's so her dad, I love her mom. I didn't yeah, her mom about, too. Like, so kind. The way she defends her her daughter to others, like to the driving instructor, but mm -hmm. then like when they get in the car, she starts criticizing. Like there's such a truth to that. The only difference is like my parents would throw me under the bus all the time. <laughs> like if I brought shame to the family, they would say, Well, this is not becoming of the Voss family. We will talk to you home. And then once I got in the car, they'd be like, it's fine. It was kind of a reversal in order to do it with my experience. But like, I totally, like, I mentioned this to you when we were heading into this series that just based off of the trailer, it seemed like we all either were ourselves or had a friend or had a crush on uh, someone like Kamala Khan growing up. For oh, me, for like, sure. I definitely had friends like Kamala Khan. I had a crush uh, as a kid on on other Kamala Khans in my grades uh, when I was in high school. Like, this was high school for me. This pressure of, like, needing to have your life all figured out when you're 16 years old, um, of, like, figuring yourself out, of, like, your family is trying to relate with you, but they just can't. And then feeling really guilty when you yell at your family. Right. Uh, when having an older sibling who gets married when you're in high school and having to drop everything to do wedding planning, that's something that I had uh, when I was in sophomore year of high school. I 
uh, two of my older sisters got married in the same year. And that was my entire life was like as a teenager figuring out their wedding. So like there's so many ways that like I was able to connect with this. And it was just weird. I mean, not to mention the fact that it opens with a YouTube video. Like if you're <laughs> in the so world true. of Marvel YouTube, how could you not connect <laughs> to the show? It felt like weirdly like they're right? watching us. I was like, like this whoa, is, this is meta. They know us. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was smiling ear to ear watching this episode. It's, like it was so fun. How can you like, not? It's just so much fun, bro. Like, I don't know. I just had a lot of fun. I can't wait for the next episode. So let's uh, quickly recap what we saw. This first episode introduces us to a 16-year-old Kamala Khan, a Pakistani American girl living in Jersey City, huge fan of the Avengers, especially Captain Marvel. She makes animated home videos that she uploads to her YouTube channel, Sloth Baby Productions, recounting the events of Avengers Endgame, of course, highlighting Carol Danvers. I love that she's so active on YouTube and we see all of her YouTube video thumbnails where it's like, those are new rock stars thumbnails. That's, we've made those videos before, 100%. And, and uh, that was one thing that uh, I was very flattered to learn uh, from the Miss Marvel panel that Several of the cast and crew, including Iman, uh, watches New Rock Stars and is fans of our videos. It was Yo, just so sweet. When of all you of them tweeted to... that, I freaked out because, like, if we're helping Miss <laughs> Marvel like get hype about Marvel, like, I feel like our, my life is complete. Like, good God, yeah, so cool. <laughs> it, it was it was so so satisfying to hear that, and it was like uh, super validating for one. Mega. Uh, not that we need, uh, you know, so much validation, but no, inject that validation here. in my veins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I asked like, if there was a new rock stars in the Marvel cinematic universe. And I, I said like, you have our permission to make us MCU canon. And Kevin Feige laughed. He heard the question, you know, he's thinking it now. Uh, and then, uh, Iman, you know, couldn't, couldn't decide what is canon or not, but she was like, yeah, I feel like at least a variant of new rock stars is exists in the MCU. Oh my god. Like, oh, that's all I, I need hope to hear. so. Kevin, you have my <laughs> permission to, to put me please put me in the MCU. I would cry. I yeah, would cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some are saying that we did uh start to take credit for this when a Good Morning America showed up in the MCU mm. because I've done a couple spots on Good Morning America this past year so like by extension if it's true. gma is in the mcu it's i've been on gma in a way you, you are MCU. an mcu character i mean if you think about it there are uh several ways all of us uh can be mcu canon just by what like historical events and what you know you can do that six degrees of separation uh <laughs> in all kinds of ways but I, one confirmation we got in this opening scene is that we learned that kamala khan learned all of this endgame history from scott lang's podcast Big mm. me, little me on this powered <laughs> life, which little fun joke, but actually answered so many questions as to how the general public of the MCU knows what happened in Endgame and through Infinity War. And Scott, of course, wasn't there for the events on Titan and during the battle, uh, the battles of Wakanda or anything like that. But just by being friends with all of them, this this is how they all got that information out there. So we meet her parents, the strict Muniba, and then the more laid back Yusuf and her brother Amir, who is getting married soon. And uh, Kamala fails her driving test. And then we meet her friends Bruno and Nakia, the popular girl in school, Zoe, and a guidance counselor, Mr. Wilson. Hilarious. Uh, it seemed like a nod to G. Willow Wilson. We actually got a great nod to all the comic book artists and writers as the founders oh, yeah. of the school there at the beginning. That was really cool to see. Kamala and Bruno plan to go to Avengers Con, the first Avengers Con, mm -hmm. at Camp Lehigh. Of course, Cap's uh, base is training camp in, uh, in his movies that they go back to an endgame. Uh, and then I just love all the animated graffiti as they're daydreaming about different cosplay options for the Captain Marvel cosplay contest. 
that was really fun to see. Felt very, uh, felt very into the Spider Verse and, and right. Scott Pilgrim. You know, uh, just their whole the whole world here is just so vibrant and colorful. It's like it's a living so comic book. And I dig it so much. So. Kamala's grandmother, Hernani, sends her a box containing a mysterious bangle that her mother quickly has Amir whisk away to the attic. And then we explore Kamala's Pakistani-American community, the pressures that Kamala's under, how the, the aunties of this community don't really like it when the girls of the family follow their dreams and go off on their own path. And then Muniba and Yusuf refuse to let Kamala go to Avengers Con, but Bruno hooks her up with these LED gloves for her cosplay, calling them Photon Gloves, mm. capital P, Photon, in the closed caption. We'll talk about that more in a bit. Now, our man Bruno is crushing hard, uh, but poor Kamala, blinded by that light, doesn't see it, but we're 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 there with you, Bruno. We've been there. <laughs> uh, and all, all we got to say at this point, spend a bit more time on your own cosplay, Bruno. Like, she'll mm. she'll find, you got you to gotta work on your own feathers, you know? Once yeah. you have your own plumage, she'll, she'll, she'll pay attention. But if all you're, if you're just spending all your time on her cosplay, I thought it was really nice. I thought it was nice up. too. I'm just saying, like, you're not gonna no. get anywhere, buddy. No, like, I thought it was really nice that he dressed up as uh, Bruce Banner because, like, he assumed that she was gonna be the Hulk because of her dad. So, like, he's like, right. And I was like, yeah, hey, he's dressed up as Bruce Banner in preparation, and like, she just dressed up as Captain Marvel. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Bruno's crushing hard, man. He's trying. That's yeah. an excellent point, MT. <laughs> I honestly think uh, Kamala should have gone with her dad, Yusuf. Yeah, bro, she broke his heart. She broke his heart. I, we could all hear the David mm -hmm. Banner music from the 70s show, the 70s mm -hmm. and 80s show in the back of our mind there. Like that was heartbreaking. And like, that would have been a great trio to go together. You know, Bruno is good friends with Yusuf designing uh, Zuzu for him. Right. Like, that would have been an amazing combination. You have your Bruce Banner, you have your little Hulk, you have your big Hulk, you have the evolution. And of, his uh, dad was so Hulk. enthusiastic yeah. and he was like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. I wish I had a dad that's enthusiastic about Marvel stuff. Are you kidding me? I mean, like, he doesn't really understand me it, but, too. like, he, he wants to support you. And that's amazing. I, I booed Kamala at that moment. I was like, boo, come on, Kamala, do better. <laughs> and you know what? I get teenagers feeling embarrassed by this, but the man put on face paint. He did. Like, and that was the day before. It was just, he was going to have to take off that face paint and then put it back on the next day. Unless he's going to sleep in that face paint. I mean, you're right? Get, he put be, it like, on Tobias for you, Blue. Kamala. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> So they sneak away to the convention, and yeah, it's filled with uh, fun MCU references. Uh, apparently, Kevin Feige has uh, plans potentially to make a real Avengers Con in real life uh, because this looked awesome. Yes, I, I want to go to that. Yeah, that looks all the different booths looked incredible. Like yes. those, those were fun. They had real life stuff that Hulk smashed. Which is great. They had uh, Asgardian ale or Mjolnir ale is what they called it. Which is fun. like we saw, I um, saw a uh, Gamora cosplayer. I was like, you know Gamora? Like she was barely here. You have Gamora cosplayers? That's amazing. There was a Drax cosplayer. Oh yeah. Uh, but again, I think a lot of this is coming from Scott Lang's podcast. Scott Lang <laughs> is just spilling all the beans and describing people visually, uh, sharing any pictures he has and putting them in the notes of the podcast listing. I'm sure, like. Yeah, that's how I, it's good. I feel like that makes sense why uh, Ant Man is in the uh, the musical because like he wasn't there, but like people just put him in there because of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, Ant Man's just inserting himself into history. You know, the guy can insert himself anywhere, so why not? Um, so during the Captain Marvel cosplay contest is coming up, so Kamala goes to the bathroom, changes into her cosplay, but she forgets her photon gloves. Mm -mm. The one. Cool thing 
that Bruno spent all that time on. He's a very forgiving guy. So she puts on her grandmother's bangle. And then in this moment, gets coated in cosmic light. She falls backwards into a mysterious realm filled with a shadowy figure, some purple baldies. And then, upon taking the stage, gets blinded by camera flashes and blasts from her hand what everyone on the show right now is just calling hard light. The kind of mm. crystalline uh, glass of uh, planes or whatever it is. You know, it's just crystalline projections of her own body. Uh, and then one of these knocks loose a giant Ant-Man head that boulders through the convention and causes a giant Mjolnir to swipe Zoe. And then Kamala saves her by embiggening her hand to catch her. But Kamala arrives home and Muniba scolds her, but Kamala doesn't care. She is thrilled by her new cosmic powers. Now, in the post-credit scene, DODC agent Cleary returns from Spider-Man No Way Home and orders to bring this masked light caster in. But he has this interesting expression on his face. Like he knows something that his other agent, Agent Stever, does not. And we're going to talk about what Agent Cleary's connection is, what damage control is doing in this show... Uh, why they're after these specific enhanced individuals who have these specific kind of powers and whether he knows who all those purple baldies were and why Kamala Khan's powers look the way they do. Uh, because, of course, you know at this point if you're watching this episode, they did change Kamala Khan's powers from the comics. In the comics, she has more of a Reed Richards-like ability to embiggen and stretch her limbs uh, in this show, it's taking the form of light, hard light is what they're calling it for now. And uh, Kevin Feige has made a lot of statements about, well, this is more in line with the era of MCU that we're in right now, which could right. mean a lot of different things. It could mean a connection to Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau as uh, Kamala Khan will join them in the Marvels next year. Uh, it could refer to, as we've speculated last week, something more connected to uh, spiritual beliefs and the faith of characters. Uh, I personally hope that's the direction they go because uh, we're learning a lot about uh, mythology and spiritual beliefs in the MCU. I think that's been a really, really cool aspect of Phase 4. But before we get into all that, we want you to head on over to NewRockStarsMerch.com to catch our newest, latest Obsession shirt. This is a Star Wars theme one, Empire's Most Wanted, inspired by the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. When you purchase this latest Obsession shirt, you're going to unlock the ability to get a custom shout-out that will appear on WookieLeaks. That's our Obi-Wan Kenobi after show. But we're going to have another separate latest obsession shirt for Miss Marvel that we're going to be talking about on this show. So keep an eye out for that. We're going to be uh, jumping on that soon. And uh, like all of our latest obsession shirts, they're only available for a limited time. Be sure to check them out at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Grab it today. All right, MT. First episode of Miss Marvel. What's the first thing we're talking about? We got to talk about that post-credit scene, man, because does Agent Cleary know where Kamala Khan's powers come from? Because he had that suspicious look. I don't know what, what he knows, but he's just like, <laughs> I want that power for myself. And let's read into it. So Ariane Moyed's Agent Cleary was one of the more interesting characters to come out of Spider-Man No Way Home. Because I've realized that all of the MCU Spider-Man movies, Homecoming, Far From Home, no Way, no Way Home, are Sony productions mostly, but they have Marvel Studios weighing in and co-producing. And there are always very clear... Uh, delineated chunks of the movie that uh, are where like there's like a switch has been flipped and then now Marvel has made it like an MCU joint and yeah. suddenly it's like a, a Marvel it's like an episode of a, a Marvel Disney Plus show uh, in No Way Home those moments are very clearly the first act investigation montage with the DODC with Matt Murdock the references to Tony Stark and Stark Industries the references to Iron Man 3 all that stuff that was a Kevin Feige joint and then when Peter goes to the Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, walking it all, like even the Easter eggs are like MCU Easter eggs. It seems like they just hand that over to Marvel Studios at that point. 
So if we consider Agent Cleary being part of the Marvel side of it, it makes sense that Agent Cleary comes back here. And in that movie, he told Peter an interesting line that we, it was very clearly a clue, but we haven't yet got an answer to it. The line was, Nick Fury has been off planet for the past year. And Peter's like, what? Uh, <laughs> and the line was, of course, a reference to the fact that in Spider-Man Far From Home, the Nick Fury that Peter was dealing with was actually Fury's scroll doppelganger. Talos, Ben Mendelsohn's character. And that moment was meant to set up Secret Invasion. I'm pretty certain of that because we never got answers to how Cleary, who's just a DODC agent, would have any idea what Nick Fury's whereabouts were. The fact that he'd be off planet, the fact that he's on a space station with scrolls. Nick Fury's a secretive guy. He wouldn't tell many people that. And I don't think the DODC would uh, be sharing um, notes with Nick Fury. Uh, because especially now the DODC is investigating and prosecuting Stark Industries and other Avengers allies in this world. Uh, like Happy Hogan didn't know it was uh, Fury was a scroll. Peter right. Parker didn't know Fury was right. a scroll. So why would the DODC? Uh, unless this one guy has dual loyalties. Uh, mm. There was also the matter, and this might just be me, Matt Murdock. He was magically able to get the DODC to drop the charges against Peter. Now, of course, Matt Murdock, a wonderful attorney. He's a local criminal defense attorney. He is not a federal attorney working federal cases like war crimes and treason, murders committed in the UK. Uh, I just think we can look past that because whatever, he's a lawyer. He's a Marvel lawyer. I'm sure he can work a lot of different cases. But I think there is reason to believe that Agent Cleary's prosecution of Peter Parker and now his investigation of Kamala Khan might be a bit performative. Mm. Might be a role that he plays as a mole within the DODC, but he's actually loyal to a different team. And for me right now, the likeliest explanation of him knowing that Nick Fury was off planet with Skrulls is that Cleary himself could be part of the Skrull network. Either himself a Skrull in disguise or someone who is working with the Skrulls, a human who is working with the Skrulls. A couple different ways we can look at it. That's just right now, there's a couple indicators pointing that direction. My God. So we come back to this interesting expression when he sees Kamala's powers on the phone video. And right. the other agent, Agent Stever, claims that we've never seen powers like that before. Uh, and although Cleary says to bring her in, his expression indicates that he might have seen this kind of power before. And it's really freaking him out. A specific kind of tech, a specific kind of cosmic energy, hard light, whatever it is. I think he knows that it's extraterrestrial. I think he's seen it before. And the fact that this bangle came from Kamala's grandmother in Pakistan is more important to Kamala in the short term, I think, because that tells her more about her family and that her family has, uh, has a cooler history than I think she gives it credit for. Uh, but there was a subtle line from Muniba after the driver's test where she hated how much her mother, Nani, Kamala's grandmother, was a daydreamer. Right. And that Kamala's just like her. So now the fact that that same woman is giving Kamala this bangle, I think we're going to learn a lot more about Nani and how she might have been an interesting character from the cosmos. Maybe an extraterrestrial refugee, maybe uh, an alien super weapon of some kind, a scroll, a Kree, an inhuman created by the Kree. Mm. Uh, someone kind of like Peter Quill, like another Earth-stuck star child, someone who has some extraterrestrial origin but it's just bound to earth and has some inner power that they didn't realize. Um, and I think this bangle very clearly contains some kind of extraterrestrial technology. It could be Skrull tech, it could be Kree tech, it could be inhuman tech. Uh, but I think Cleary, as a Skrull, whatever it is, has seen it before. And I'm going to guess, ultimately, that it's some kind of Kree tech that was passed on to inhumans. Because Kamala Khan is, uh, has 
teragenesis that gives her her powers, which is the process by which inhumans are created. And inhumans are human science experiments created by the Kree uh, through this teragenesis process. Uh, and I think the Kree tech is specifically what scares Cleary if he were a scroll. Because remember, there was that line from Talos in Spider-Man Far From Home about the Kree sleeper cells. Right. And that might be what Nani was involved with. Because the Kree, in their imperial efforts to snuff out the scroll in the shadow war that's happening on several planets, something that's going to be in the backdrop of Secret Invasion, uh, might have created these Inhumans bioweapons on Earth and nestled them in sleeper cells on Earth, just waiting for the right moment to activate them. And this bangle now igniting, maybe to Cleary, could be a scroll seeing a Kree sleeper cell shifting into attack mode. That's just my theory for Cleary's reaction, but I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think is going on with Cleary, MT? Like, that's a really good, like, connection with, like, the whole, like, Cleary could be a scroll thing. Because, like, it's highly likely. Because, like, if that is the case, if that is the case, you got to think about what damage control is to the MCU. Because, like, if you remember from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, they had all that shit in their uh, storage facility. Like, they had Ultron mm. heads. They were, like, basically storing all these weapons from all of these Avengers conflicts. So, True. like... If Cleary's working for the Department of Damage Control and he's like, hmm, that's another thing that we could add to our vault. And he's and he could be a scroll. Maybe the scrolls are just stacking up on weapons to prepare for a massive assault on humanity. So like that would be bananas. I would love, like, I love that when you said that. I was like, oh my God, Cleary could be a scroll. It makes so much sense. Um, but like I think with Cleary, there there's also the possibility that he's just working with um Agent 13, uh, Sharon Carter. Because we know that Armor Wars mm. is coming up soon and that mm. um, Sharon Carter is a weapons dealer. If uh, And if Damage Control has all these weapons and he's seeing this new extraterrestrial weapon, he's like, all right, I want this so I can sell this to Sharon. That'd be really like uh, fun for me because uh, I'm a corrupt cop. And uh, You think I he's th corrupt? Okay. Yeah. I just think he's scared. I mean, before when I first met him, I thought he was Team Mysterio because like he was just being super aggressive. With um with MJ and and uh, they was like yeah I know my rights like you can't do this like this is I was like you're not a cop you're being really not cop like you're being sketchy um but like now that we know more about this character and like he's being introduced in Miss Marvel um he, he, I definitely think that he's a he's obviously part of the DODC but like he there's something going on like he has other loyalties that we don't really know um and it seems to be implied at the end of this episode. For sure. I think um, we still don't know a villain for this series, right? Sure. We don't know who the ultimate villain is going to be. Um, right. It's kind of pointed in a couple different directions if you've read the comics. but it's, What I would love is just like an MCU story without a clear villain. I kind of like it if we're just exploring the world and there's other antagonistic forces that they're trying to overcome, maybe within their family or within their community or within themselves um, or within their own history. You know, um, like I think... Yeah, there's like a couple different ways you go. You don't, but I get it. It is a superhero genre. You kind of need, like many believe, you need a clear super villain uh, that matches them. I don't know. I think we're kind of evolved past that. But I don't know if uh, if Cleary and the DODC is uh, enough of a villain that is specifically tailored for Kamala Khan. I think they're definitely part of this world. But if they are the ultimate villain, um, I don't think that's going to be uh, the the most interesting battle for her to fight. I think obviously there's a conflict between them, right? And I think they are not necessarily on Kamala's side. Uh, but my thinking is if he is a scroll, I think the DODC and damage control are uh, representing like a cleanup crew who's just trying to prevent this war from breaking out into the public square. 
So you have militant groups of Kree, you have militant groups of Skrull, I assume led by Varanke, which I think is going to be Amelia Clark's character. Um, they're happy to just start firing uh, through, you know, skyscrapers and have another 2012 Battle of New York. And damage control is like, look, if you're going to do this, it has to be a Cold War and preferably get it off this planet. And then so I think DODC has Skrulls working with them to cover it up, to to keep you know, human society from freaking out because if they find out that, you know, extraterrestrials are in their midst, they're going to lose their minds and turn against each other. So I, I don't know if it's all of the DODC, but my theory is that it is, it is Cleary. I think Cleary, the fact that he knew that Fury was off planet is not something that your average DODC agent should know. Uh, and I don't think Fury would just happily tell him that. Seriously, like Fury moves in silence, bro. Like most people don't know what Fury is doing. <laughs> Right. But I think uh, the I, I'm just fascinated by him having seen this tech before. I love that you bring up the fact that, uh, you know, they cleaned up all the Chitauri tech and had all the other stuff in that huge vault in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Um, but I think to me, it tells us that uh, they've seen extraterrestrial weaponry used before. Uh, and I think they know something about it. Uh, my hope is that the word inhuman comes up at some point. Yes, Creed comes up at some point in the show. Uh, just to kind of uh, stay true to her powers, it doesn't mean doesn't mean that like we have to deny this being uh, uh, something within her family. I think we want to learn more about her grandmother, uh, but I think it'd be really cool if like that it literally has like a cosmic origin as well. In the same way that like in in Black Panther, right? It was something historical, the power set, the heart shaped herb, the vibranium, but it's something that came from a meteorite to Earth in right. the ancient times. Right. Uh, like all these things. Uh, that's one cool thing about the MCU is that ultimately everything about it is a is like an immigrant story. It's something arriving to Earth and then finding a new home there. Uh, and every character has to leave where they came from and make home somewhere else. Uh, and that's the American. That not only is the American story, I think that is the human experience. Right. So it's one thing I've always liked about the MCU. I, I really hope that the Inhumans are already established in the MCU and that like. At the very least, I would love if Lockjaw made a cameo in this show. Like, because, like, Lockjaw, the teleporting dog, like, he, I feel like he's the most easy to love in human. No one, like, everyone loves dogs. Just put Lockjaw on the show and be like, who's this dog? I don't know. You could be my dog. It'd be hilarious. I agree. I think Lockjaw is, uh, like, Groot, many people's access point to that yes. side of the world. For uh, sure. But like Groot, I think Lockjaw would be a reason why we might not see in humans, or at least not him, because he's a huge freaking dog and a huge VFX line item budget thing. Like, that's why we don't see Hulk in a lot of stuff, because it just costs so much to, to do that. And it seems Groot. like they're spending their money on other things on this show, don't have that huge of a budget. So I, I don't know if we would see Lockjaw. I think we'd sooner see Edson Mount in the MCU in a 616 version. But, you know, we got to point out. Uh, Iman Vellani throwing some shade at Kevin Feige saying that the <laughs> MCU is not 616. I mean, that speaks to how much of a true comic nerd she is because She's in, in her mind, 616 <laughs> is the easiest way to refer to the comics universe. And in her mind, it is always 1999999. And uh, I, I think this quote was so fun to hear her take this stance. I will say, nope, that's not for you to decide, Iman. I'm sorry. I know you're, I respect your opinion, but ultimately... Marvel Studios yeah. calls the shots here. Feige we dig the passion the for sure. Like, we love the passion. Yeah. There's so much more to talk about from this episode. We're going to get to it all. First, we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode. 
Brooklinen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and this is the year to branch out beyond the typical coffee mug or the funky tie gift. Upgrade your gifting game with Brooklinen's cozy bedding, towels, robes, and other home essentials. Brooklinen offers luxury hotel-level home essentials that don't break the bank. By working directly with suppliers, Brooklinen cuts out the luxury markups and passes those savings back to their customers so you can get incredible products at a reasonable cost. Is dear old dad still using the same towel from 1988? Give them an upgrade with Brooklinen's cozy towels made with the highest quality 100% Turkish cotton. If they like a little luxury, go for the super plush towels or keep it simple with the classic. Check out Brooklinen's gift guide for gifts at every price point, like now with a Father's Day bundle that saves you up to 15%. You can also take Brooklinen's signature softness outside the home with their loungewear collection featuring the coziest tees, tanks, sweatshirts, socks, and other essential basics. So give them the comfort refresh they deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code InsideMarvel to get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code Inside Marvel for $20 off plus free shipping. Brooklyn and the curators of comfort. So, so treat that Yusuf in your life. He deserves it. He loves you. So you need to show <laughs> him some love. We also want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. Whether you've got cosmic powers or not, nothing makes you feel more powerful than a good night's sleep. That's why I am so glad to spend my nights resting away comfortably on a Helix mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Both MT and I have Helix mattresses. We both love them. So just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. Again, that's helixsleep. Dot com slash inside marvel and we want to thank upstart for sponsoring this episode we've all been hit by an unexpected expense or a bill in times like that it's normal to not know where to turn but luckily upstart is here to help upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with simple and easy to understand payment terms upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom whether it's paying off credit cards consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date Rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, your employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. Check out your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000 without impacting your credit score. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com slash marvel. That's upstart.com slash marvel to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, your income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Marvel. All right, back to the episode. Empty. Uh, let's just talk about Kamala's powers. Where did yes. Kamala go when she put on that bangle for the first time? Who were those shadowy figures behind her? And what exactly is this hard light that she can now harness? Yeah, like her powers are super unique and obviously very different from the comics. But like, I really dig what they're doing with it and like the story that they're telling with it um, a lot. And like when she did go into that weird like zone, I, I got hardcore um, Avatar The Last Airbender vibes. And like that made me think about how like all these people that she's seeing could be the past wearers of the bangle and um, mm. could like all be like ancestors. And she went to this weird ancestral plane for like her, from her lineage and from her, from her heritage. 
And so um, hopefully and like we we do, I don't know, like hopefully that is like the, the connection that they're going for, because like in the Miss Marvel comics, I was actually reading this last night. Um, there's actually a uh, an human villain by the name of Lineage. And like his whole deal is going through the past of like um, different his ancestors and like getting information. So like I hope that Lineage is like the villain of this series because that'd be really fun. Um, but like I think that there's some type of um, like heritage and like you know obviously her mom's mom um, had a uh, some type of cosmic dealing with the Bengals. So like I think that that could be what's going on there, and maybe she's getting the her powers from her ancestors like who knows um but like i definitely feel like um this this her the actual powers her what her actual blue and red powers are like just like infinity energy like i think this whole mcu is like a, revolves around the infinity stones and all these energies and i think that her powers are dark energy and chaos energy meshed into one and like the chaos energy within the her um and within the, this blue dark energy is what um, hardens the dark energy, which allows it to crystallize, which sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook. But like, it's just like <laughs> space. It's, uh, it's just space stone and reality stone slash chaos magic working together, which is why it appears purple because it's blue and red interacting together. Um, so that's what I think that her powers is. It's just like the infinity energies that are already inside of her. But um, who knows? I'm very much looking forward to seeing how they explain it and like seeing if we actually get her comics actual powers later on because i feel like that's what we're gonna get eventually i feel like all of this this miss marvel like colorful arm stuff this is all just an origin story in my opinion for her eventually getting her real stretchy powers from the comics and like we just have to slowly work our way there which is why i which is why i believe that when kevin feige says we're just not at that point in the mcu yet he's just like something has to happen and in the comics like there was the, the pterogenesis bomb that we talked about last week um, that, like, was the catalyst for the, the actual physical change. And I think that that's what needs to happen. Like, the a type of pterogen mist or something needs to interact with the human being uh, anatomy for all the energies to, like, physically bond to their being so that they can actually physically change. Like, for Kamala to make a big arm, like, for real, and, like, all this stuff. But, like, what we're seeing now are the components of that future change. If that all makes yeah, sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, MT. I don't. Kevin Feige didn't say yet in his quote, mm. though. Like, he just said, we're not at this point in the MCU. Maybe right. there was an implicit yet. But right. I hear what you're saying. I I think that totally could be a direction they go. Like, that right. this is like uh, a stage. This is the, the Metapod stage, and we're getting to the Butterfree stage. But right now, all <laughs> Metapod knows how to do is harden, right? <laughs> Metapod versus Metapod. They just hardened all afternoon. Uh, but then we're waiting for a Butterfree who is truly transformed. Uh, and that's honestly my hope. But if the MCU doesn't go there, I'm not going to demand that they don't, you know, change her powers. But like, I like, I love her powers the way they are. They're beautiful. Like, I think they look very yeah. visually appealing and like, it's dope. I like, I'm not, I'm not complaining, but like, I really hope that they, um, that this is a origin story, but like, it doesn't have to be. I mean, but you do point out something that is true in the comics. The first initial form that Kamala Khan takes is that of, uh, of Carol Danvers right. coming out of, of that cocoon. Right. And that's, I can see why they did not want that to be the case here in the right. show. Um, and then ultimately she's just like, I can just look like myself and be stretchy as well. But like, there is that, you know, that structure of she has like a weird form that she takes and then she has her final form. Uh, and that tends to be the evolution of all these Marvel characters. They always have like a Mach 1 version of their armor or their powers or whatever it is. And then 
they set off that outer layer and then they finally reveal who they actually are. But I'm wondering if just like the way that cosmic energy overtook her just had like an interesting fluidity to it. And I wonder if that's just going to be what they call the Terrigen Mist. And then mm. this hard light is literally what the Terrigen Mist cocoon looks like. That hard light layer is going to take a cocoon form at some point and then break away and reveal what she actually looks like. That may be the, she's actually using pieces of the cocoon to do all these things, to embiggen. And that on the other side of it, she'll actually be truly stretchy. But again, if she's not truly stretchy, it's okay. There may be some other form that it takes. That's just like my, I'm trying to imagine if they have G. Willow Wilson's comics from 2014 and they are using that to form previses and storyboards and scripts of how the MCU live action Kamala Khan is going to look. At some point, why do they make that change? Like, and how do they adapt it to where they're like, okay, well, instead of her being stretchy, what if we did this? I'm sure they have like a whole bunch of other artists who pitch a lot of different alternate forms. And then eventually they're like, this looks cool. Why don't we do this? But they're going to have to have some explanation for what exactly it is. Hard light is not enough. And if they never explain hard light, it's going to be weird. Uh, so I assume we're going to find out. Uh, and I think you're right. I think the fact that it is this purple tinted nether realm it just feels like Ancestral Plane. It feels like right. the Duat. It feels like what we've seen in the MCU before, right? I think you're right. I think these are past wearers of the of this technology, if not this particular bangle, of other bangles. Like, if you compare this to the, to the Green Lantern power set, this would be something like the Green Lantern core. Other people have other rings, other bangle wearers. Uh, and that she's actually part of a network, a community of people who have these powers. That's my thinking. And that uh, it's similar to how, like, you know, in Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, they have this scroll technology that has you relive your memories uh, or re-experience your memories. Uh, the Kree Supreme Intelligence is also a neurally fused process that it shapeshifts based off of what's in your inner desires, based off of a kind of wish fulfillment. So this extraterrestrial tech is kind of this mind makes your reality type of thing projecting things that are in your heart and in your soul. Uh, and I think that is what this cosmic tech really is right. at the end of the day. I don't know how the hell they're going to explain it in the MCU or if they'll ever explain it, but I think we need some kind of explanation, don't you? Yeah, I, I, and I really hope that it links to uh, Shang-Chi's Ten Rings because I feel like there's somewhat similar things going on there with like, when when we use the rings, they, they, go, they glowed blue and like they seem to be like I'm just wondering where the power is coming from when when it comes to these artifacts. Like where where is it being sourced from? Is it coming from the like ten rings or from the actual or or are these like artifacts of the ten rings and the bangles sourcing their energy from like outside or like coming coming into the energy? Like I'm just wondering how the energy flow works and how these actual artifacts work and give them the powers. And I really hope that they get into the science behind them. Um, like when uh, we learn more about Kamala's um, like family and like who else owned the bangles before her. Like I, I just, I'm so interested to see like, what is the science of this bangle? How does it work? Okay, let's move on to uh, an interesting Easter egg that came up. The photon gloves in the closed yes. caption, they capitalize photon. To me, this sounds like the first mention of the character of Photon, the fact that she would have that name, Monica Rambeau. Now we know her mother, Maria Rambeau, Photon was her call sign. 
right? So we were wondering if they, she goes by Photon and Spectrum in the comics. It seems like they're going to be calling her Photon in the MCU, but this just has, they didn't name her that in WandaVision. So I asked the directors about this. I was able to do an, a one-on-one -on -one interview with them. Uh, they kind of ducked the answer. They said that was above their pay grade, which to me, it says, yeah, that was another line from Marvel Studios from Kevin Feige. I just want to know, how do you think Kamala and Bruno even know who Photon is? It'd be one thing if they could just listen to Scott Lang's podcast to learn about everything that happened in Endgame. But Monica Rambeau did not really enter the chat until WandaVision. So how do people know what happened in Westview? I get how Doctor Strange knows what happens in Westview, but how does the general public know what happened there? Specifically, I understand if they're like, oh, the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, overtook a city uh, and weird stuff happened in that city. But like everything that happened with Monica Rambeau was kind of confined to her just passing through that hex wall, going to like a, a vacant street corner and then being able to dodge some bullets. Like who would have spilled the beans about that? Like how would anyone know what happened with Monica Rambeau or know that her name is Photon? That's very true. I mean, like I wonder like where in the Marvel timeline specifically this show happens because like. Like I'm just, I'm just wondering how much photoning Monica Rambo has done since WandaVision, and like, um, if she's just been like a, just a superhero now on Earth, and like, if she's just like, all right, I'm photon now for a little bit, and then I'm gonna go to space to help Nick Fury. Um, so I'm just wondering like how Monica herself is going to factor into this show because I feel like eventually we're gonna see Brie Larson. If Brie Larson doesn't appear in the show, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> but like, I mean, not really, but like. Uh, but I, I just want to see if Monica herself is a hero, like at this point, if she just like fully embraced it and um, just went full Captain Marvel because she herself was the original Captain Marvel fan. She was uh, the first one um, as Lieutenant Trouble. And um, so, yeah, like it's hard no matter where in the timeline it is at the ending of WandaVision, she was still in Westview. Right. And then uh, joined a scroll to go up to visit Nick Fury in space. So like. Mm. What would she have been doing on Earth? Like, how would anyone on Earth know what she's doing? I think this is like, I don't know. I think this is just an example of the show just saying, like, everyone just knows everything. Like, she's here now. But I think this is also just like an issue that I think some people are going to gripe about. Like, the fact that uh, Kamala Khan is such a Carol Danvers fan. Like, we haven't, Carol Danvers is such a relative newcomer to planet Earth. Like, would there be this much merch about her and posters of her even in a year after Avengers Endgame or two years after Avengers Endgame? Like, I assume there would be some Captain Marvel fans. It's just like a lot of people wouldn't really know who she is. Even through Scott Lang's podcast, you just hear, you know, Paul Rudd talking about this cool badass who was here in the 90s at some point and then came back. Like, I think it's kind of sweet in a way that one kid heard that story and was like, yes, that sounds awesome. And, and built her whole life around that. It's just a matter of timeline. We have time for one more question. Yes. And this might just be me reading too much into it. Uh, Kamala's mom, Muniba. Mm. Fascinating moment where she packs Bruno a to-go bag of food. Mm. And she does it in 10 seconds flat. And it's kind of a joke, right? Bruno said, how did you do that that fast? <laughs> Is this just a joke? And if it's just a joke, awesome. I love the joke. But could she have speed powers? Could? She has. Oh just my a big god! Speed I powers. would love if she just randomly had speed powers and she was an inhuman on the low, and she just didn't tell her kids at all. That would be so funny. I would love that so much. I mean, if it's if it's just a joke, I think it's a pretty funny gag, and I hope the show does more of these gags because otherwise, this is not that kind of show. It seems like uh, her. I mean, oh, another thing, she put those Hulk costumes together pretty fast. 
I mean, true. maybe she had them. Maybe she was working on them for a couple of weeks before that. But she put those Hulk together, Hulk costumes together, within like an hour. It's true, right? Or work through the night. She's a great mom. I think we can agree either way. She's a great mom. I, I like, even though her family dynamic is kind of like tough. I, I would love her family so much. Like, I kind of want to be part of this family. Like, let me join. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, yeah, I think it's a challenge absolutely to have a mom who won't let you go to Avengers Con, who, mm. like, expects you to uh, go this, this traditional path and uh, marrying someone and not pursuing your own dreams. Like, absolutely, that's a challenge. But let's not forget Munima defending her daughter to an irrational degree to that driving instructor. Mm. Like, was so sweet just to see a mom, when it comes to other people who are not in the family, defend your family. No matter what happened, you always defend your family. And then privately, then you talk to your kid. <laughs> like, I think that is such a, that's such a wholesome thing to see at the beginning of the show. I love that so much. I love her mom. Like, their whole family. I really love her dad so much. Like, oh my, let him yeah. go to Avengers Con next year, all right, Kamala? Be nicer to your dad. Yeah. What a good dad to have. Like... You don't ha actually have to look at the mirrors. Just act like you're looking. <laughs> like, do not take that advice. Definitely check your mirrors when you're driving. Oh, my yes. God. That was... And then the mom saying, no, you do have to check your mirrors. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, Samunima Khan does not have to have speed powers. That's fine. I'm just saying it was pretty fast. It would be hilarious see, if she uh... did. I wouldn't hate it. This I wouldn't a, hate it. doesn't seem like that kind of show that shows like Marge Simpson gags where they can do superhero uh, human feats. But you know, right. we did the same thing with Hawkeye, right? With uh, <laughs> with Eleanor Bishop flicking the carrot in her mouth. And we're like, <laughs> she's an acrobat! <laughs> well, that still could be the case. We don't know. Like, we, we still have more Eleanor Bishop to see. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to dive more into the show with all of you. Uh, MT, this has been a delight as yes. always. We'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. Don't forget to check out our great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for watching. See you next week. Yes, Goodbye, love you guys. Everybody. Bye. Bye.